want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Today's guest, you all, is a dear friend. In fact, we do a weekly Facebook Live show together called Talk Life. It's Morgana McCabe Allen. Morgana is a former researcher and panel member of a national research innovation think tank. Her specialism is on how our identities and realities emerge from patterns of intersection with material, social, and spiritual constructs. She's kind of smart, y'all. In her business, she brings her years of highly acclaimed pioneering research with extensive experience coaching to help ambitious, service-based entrepreneurs manifest more impact, joy, time, freedom, and of course, money. And I know y'all like money out there through improving their relationships with themselves and their businesses. Can you see why I like her? Today's episode, we talk about intentional manifestation versus unintentional manifestation. How to manifest from your heart instead of your brain, ego, or thought center, and how your mindset can sabotage you manifesting the life that you want. This is a good one, y'all. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, friends, I have with me today a dear, dear person who you are going to truly love as much as I do. Uh, some of you already know her because uh, Morgana McCabe Allen is not only a colleague and a friend, but she co-hosts with me every Wednesday a Facebook Live. So some of you have already heard her phenomenal fabulousness. Um, but for those of you that don't, I'm going to let Morgana here, who's here smiling so beautifully, I can see her on video, y'all. I'm going to introduce her and let her tell you about herself. So welcome, Morgana, to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to be here and share some things about manifesting. Um, a little bit about me, I did my PhD on how our identity and reality emerges from the way that we connect with the network of things, people, places, ideas, beliefs, social constructs that we engage with, um, and also the ones that we don't. Often our identity has a huge space in it connected to the things that we don't have awareness of, the things that we have not woken up to. And that's my research area, and now I coach people how to take massive leaps in their business by using that knowledge wisely to create intentional manifestations okay so there's so much there so much goodness but i want to go to that very last thing that you said which is intentional manifestation mm -hmm. i like that you use the word intentional can you talk about that oh yeah because we manifest unintentionally all the time and so often we don't see it you know and this is from the tiny scale to the irritations that you manifest because you didn't pay attention to whether or not your bill was actually due on 
21st or the 24th and the little things that you manifest because maybe you didn't fix the leak when it was just a tiny drip um, through to the big things that we accidentally manifest like you know huge social issues for example yeah which were really uh coming to fruition right now sort of what we have manifested as a culture and as a society yes yeah, absolutely, very much so on, on multiple levels, because that also applies to COVID-19 as much as it applies to everything that's happening now with the Black Lives Matter conversations. So I know that people, when they think of manifestation, they oftentimes think of the book or the movie, The Secret, as sort of their gateway to the understanding of it. But it's actually a far deeper conversation. And I really want to move... Yes, I want to talk about the fact that it is oftentimes about money, right? People want to manifest money. When you think of manifestation, oftentimes people think of, I want to manifest money. But there's nothing wrong with manifesting money. But I want to talk about it in a bigger scope, in a bigger picture, and how you can bring abundance and wealth wisdom to your life. So it's not just about, oh, see, there's this, this dollar sign, and I want to get to that dollar. Okay, so one of the things that I'm really aware of and really guide people to connect to is the fact that when you're just manifesting money, you're not connecting to the deep journey of that money. And money is an energy. It, it carries an imprint of its entire energetic journey. And so everything that, you know, let's say you want to manifest money for something in particular, but that money has come through really poor working conditions and people working very long hours for buttons in somewhere like India or China. And um, you take the history of that money back even further. I mean, actually 25% of all the gold in the world was mined by slaves in Brazil. Um, so there are these energetic imprints that come with it. And when you are just focused on money, you're kind of, you're not showing gratitude, you're not showing respect, you're not uh, holding space for all of the people that have made that money possible. You're really thinking about yourself. You're thinking like, hey, I really want this thing, or you're thinking I'm entitled to this thing, and not thinking about all the people who have suffered in the course of the journey of that money. When you turn it around and you actually start thinking about the feelings that you desire to create, so you want to create, say, joy in your life, Joy is beautiful and outward and contagious and it lifts the spirit of others. And so what happens when you try to manifest the exact same thing two different ways is that when you try to manifest it through the money, it often comes with a little sting. You know, it often comes with a little, like, a little trick from the universe. And I've fallen foul of this before because I wanted to manifest a car and I was like, right, it's going to be under £10,000. It's going to be less than three years old. It will fit all of my children in one row. I was really specific um, about exactly what I wanted. And I felt like, you know, I can manifest exactly what I want. Got the perfect car. I couldn't drive it, Nick. Honestly, I swear to goodness, the first time I tried to park it, it must have taken me 45 minutes and I was in a sweat. And I was like swearing at my mom in front of my children because like there was a guy also waiting to get in the parking space and I couldn't get in or out. It was like half parked, right? But when you manifest through the feelings, you're really open to every possible way that things can arrive. They arrive in a really beautiful way that's energetically um, congruent with joy the whole way through. 
And so that makes a really big difference because it elevates everybody in the journey. It's not just like, this is the thing I want and I don't care about some person that suffered for that somewhere else. It's actually really born out of putting joy into the world, not just what you're going to take out. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. And I, I think that a lot of people haven't really thought of it in that way, ultimately. You know, um, I can relate to that in that I wanted to manifest romantic love. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a vision board person. You know, some people like them, some people don't. I like them because I like a visual representation of what it is I want to call in. And to, the way that I do it is, and you can tell me if I'm, if this is any good or not. The way that I do it is I, you know, I clip some stuff out of the magazines and, you know, and I create this sort of file of things that I, want to attract, but it, they really are more feelings like you're talking about, mm. that they represent a feeling that I want to have. And for instance, I, and yeah, they're rather specific in some ways, but I'm so open to this idea of yes, and, mm-hmm. or this or something yeah. better. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I clipped out these, this was several years ago. I, M- Michael, my partner and I, we've been together for over, over four years, four years now. So this was five years ago. I, was clipping stuff out and I saw this really handsome man in, in the magazine. He was this like sort of tall guy with sparkling gray hair and, and he was standing in front of a desk and it, it was clear that he was an architect. It was like an architectural firm. And let me tell you, that's not my normal type. That's not my normal type at all. And I was, so, but I cut that out because I was like, oh, that, there's a feeling there. I just felt this sense of like, almost like um, my heart just started to sing. I don't, that's, that's, that's not, is that a feeling? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, and so I clipped it out and I put it up. And what do you know? Four months later, in walks Mr. Michael, who is a tall man with that sparkling gray hair. And he is what? Not an architect, but what? An interior designer. Mm, yeah. So I feel in many ways that I called him in without getting too specific. It wasn't like, it has to be that, right? But it was yeah. that sort of that feeling that I had around around it. That, that's really beautiful. And what a lovely story. <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> I had a lot of specific things that I wanted to manifest, but I didn't necessarily want to manifest them through my partner. And so I mentioned this to you earlier, but, you know, I knew I was ready to manifest a partner. And I was like, I really done the inner work. I've had a very bad first marriage and divorce. It took me a long time to be ready to sort of really properly be with somebody. And so I kind of put that intention out there. And then later that same day, there was a flood from the flat upstairs down into my flat. And lo and behold, I met my husband. We've been together every day since. But the funny thing is, of the stuff that I had on my wish list, like my other manifestations, so I wanted to learn to ski, I wanted to learn to sail. There's a whole bunch of things on there. Um, he was a sailing and ski instructor. <laughs> and so I actually got a whole bunch of things. Now, I'd been putting skiing and sailing on my list for like 10 years, but I kind of knew it wasn't the time. You know, I, I was at university. I could have joined the skiing club, but I was like, no, that's not how it's for me. That's not how it's going to come. I know it's going to come sometime and it was for me, but I'm not joining that society. Like it will come when it's time. And yeah, it's a whole bunch of things that all came in at once with him. And we've been married ever since. That's amazing. And you have three kids. 
Yes, but actually I manifested them too. We had been told that we couldn't have children. I had severe endometriosis and I had had treatment for that and been told that it was not successful. And they showed me pictures inside my body and said, like, you know, this is why you kept, you'll not be able to have children. And I went home and I cried about it. And Duncan said, you know what? <laughs> you can manifest anything. If anybody can, you can. Just don't even listen to them. You just, you, you know, we're just going to do it. We will. And I was away. I actually was away that week launching a magazine. And so I came back uh, in the middle of the trip. We did it one time and got pregnant. <laughs> Must have been a good time. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I mean, we had been told that we couldn't have kids at all, and it literally was one time. Amazing. I think part of it was that in my heart, so this is, again, this is, for me, a huge part of it. We're talking about the expectation. My, what I was manifesting is that whatever happened, that we would have joy. I wasn't manifesting getting pregnant this time, or in fact, definitely getting pregnant at all. It was just manifesting that, you know, that we will have joy. And... It makes a really, really big difference to manifest from the feelings because then it gives you the roadmap. I hear people all the time tell me they don't know the how. If you don't know the how, you're going the wrong way because the feeling is the how. Follow the feeling. Mm, that's brilliant. and that, That's so right on. Now, okay, let me ask you this. So we come into the feeling state, right, and we're following the feeling. And for me at the time, it was, it was feeling of love. And I was going to feel the love no matter whoever showed up, right? I knew that I was going to feel it within myself first, right? And and then and spread love no matter what. That was like my that goal that year was to just spread love. That was my intention. And then so therefore it came to me, right? So, but what what do thoughts play in? Because you know you can start there. I know a lot of us start in that. Okay, I'm going to feel this. Oh, I'm feeling it. And then those creepy crawlers come into the brain. Yeah. My advice is try not to do that too much. It's bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, we overrate thoughts. One of my dear friends says all the time, the brain is the organ that named itself and then all the others. It thinks it's smarter than it really is. Actually, what most of our thoughts are, it, they're essentially repetitions of what already exists inside of our culture. They're sort of pre-programmed you know, it starts off as something that we encounter, we play it a few times, and we get sort of comfortable with it, and then it feels like it's our own thought, and so we we credit it with all kinds of value and genius, and it's not really, it's actually, you know, the voice of people that we've met before, it's the voice of, so just for example, let's say, let's say you decided you were going to go back to university, where you were having to think about it, so you would go away, you would research some things, and you would think about what that investment looked like and about the time and you would ask some people what their thoughts were and you would find out, you know, what is the success rate of people at my age that go back to university, you know, all these kind of things, right? Every single thought that you have is getting in the way of the intuitive hit that you had that you should have gone there. And I've seen people talk themselves out of beautiful things because of their thoughts. So I actually suggest don't overindulge. <laughs> <laughs> don't overindulge in thoughts um, and have very kind conversations with yourself you know yeah because what struck me about your story was that you your your husband and you both said we're going to make this happen it's just going to happen 
right? So not only did you keep in the feeling, but you kept in the thought space around it as well. So the thought space, yes, but we weren't sort of like, well, you know, let's look into different ways that we could do it. Let's investigate um, fertility treatments or, you know, like. Well, that's overthinking. Yeah, but that's the, the, it's very easy to go into overthinking. We basically had the conversation once. We're like, okay, this is doable for us. Like, and, and then we didn't. We didn't revisit it. We didn't think about it every day. We didn't talk about it every day. It's so important. If you take one thing away, is release it. You know, have the thought and then release it and allow space for source to come in rather than then feel like, well, it's my responsibility to figure out every detail and go, go away and try and do that. So going back to the idea of money, because I know that we have a lot of entrepreneurs out there and creative types that are, you know, they really have a desire to call some financial abundance into their life. So, and they set goals or intentions. Do you suggest setting the intention then at say the beginning of the year or whatever, and then walking away from it and not looking at it? Or do you go back repeatedly and look at it and adjust it? Yeah. So I set mine away. And I know that that's not what a lot of people will tell you. A lot of people will say, no, you should look at it every single day. You should write it out 10 times a day and stuff like that. But that's a very base way of programming yourself. And if you're not genuinely actually in alignment with that goal, it won't happen. And then you will get negative feedback that tells you, oh, well, I failed at my goal. What I suggest instead, which has worked incredibly for me, this is how I manifested passing my PhD easily without corrections. In fact, so easily that they actually passed me without corrections. They were intended to not even give me the viva. They were just going to pass me outright. And then they saw me standing there looking all nervous with my thesis in my hands. And the person that was the chairman for my viva knew me really well. And so he thought, oh, no, we can't take, we can't rob her of this. Like, she's put so much energy into showing up for this. Like, we have to do one. So they actually sent me away into a wee room and told me to wait for 10 minutes while they quickly came up with some questions to ask me. And then after the first couple of questions, they were like, this is actually just a pretend vibe. You already passed it out, corrections, but we just kind of wanted to give you the experience. And the reason I was able to do that, the reason I hit my income goals and things in my business is because I do think about it once I push it away what I focus on is who I have to become not to hit that but to surpass it by 10 times Mm. so you know when I was thinking how do I pass my PhD without corrections I didn't think okay well I need to write 100,000 words so that means I need to write 5,000 words a day and then edit a thousand of them the next day you know like for and that would be six days and then I'll do another 5,000 and then I'll edit a thousand a day like I didn't nothing like that right none of that what I thought was how would the best academics to ever come out of my university show up? And that was how I wound up presenting research at a conference in The Hague and how I wound up with like, you know, 25,000 word article published in a really significant journal before I'd even done a year of my PhD and how I wound up being in a sort of like a think tank a research guidance panel for two years and I was the youngest person and the only one without a PhD to be on any of those panels because I was showing up for that. Passing the PhD took care of itself. I never even thought about it. I could sit down and I genuinely could sit down and write 10,000 words in one day and they hardly needed editors. But I had tested, you know, like every conference I went to in the mind space of, how, you know, how would that person show up? 
every conference I went to, I was making connections. I was getting feedback from the best people in my field about the quality of my research. Then I would go away and make it better and come back again. And it's the same in my business. When I show up like that, the income goes to care of themselves. And the same for my clients. That's how they're able to have these quantum leaps. It's not by writing down, I'm going to hit 10K months 100 times every morning. It's by showing up as the person that can do those things. It's by being brave and doing things before they feel ready and, you know, things that really scare them and getting to know your imposter syndrome and what it means and how to handle it. And, you know, those are the true works. And if you put your energy there, I find things like periodically I'll find a notebook and it's got a list of stuff in it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I did work with that coach. I did manifest that money. I did do all those things. But at no point have I ever been going over the list again. You know, the list can sit there for a year and I'll find it and I'll realize I did it all. So I recently, I created a strategic plan for myself as a human being about seven years ago. And it was for my business, the business part of my human being, not my personal life so much. And I had this, these lists of these, these goals and I, you know, I, d- I did it in development and uh, meaning like my, my personal, my educate, my personal education for my business and uh, sales goals. And I, you know, and I just, and in my creative work, and I created these categories and I had lists of things and I put it away and I pulled it out recently and I was so shocked because 90% of what was in there came to fruition and I hadn't looked at it in seven years. I love it. Give me the chills. So that's a technique that I use with in my life and with my clients and I have been using for many years, way before I was coaching entrepreneurs when I worked with academics as well. I call it future book, but it's the same idea. And it is a place to put down those, the, all the things, the secret wishes, like, you know, if you want to do a TED talk or you want to host a retreat or whatever, you put it all down there, you put it away. It's amazing what happens. I think it's more powerful actually than a vision board. I think a vision board, again, is a very simple, it's a quick and easy tool but the results that get you the best results are the ones that take more investment of your time and energy Mm. and more imagination and more, you know, for you to really dig deep, then of course you get bigger results. Yeah, that's very true because I've gotten much bigger results from that strategic plan than the the vision. The the, the vision board to me is just sort of like a fun thing, you know? Except for Michael. Michael, That was a big, yeah, I shouldn't say, you know, Michael was a huge one and that did come from the vision board. So it does, it did work. It does work for me. But that made me really think, ah, oh, I need to go and create my next strategic plan. My next, what do you call it, future book? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I do a future book. I had a future book for my PhD and like you, everything, even the unimaginable things. Like who would imagine that somebody that was still doing their PhD would get to spend two years on that, that panel with people that have been in their career for 40 years and, and hold their own in those conversations and stuff, you know? All of these things that would seem impossible things that were beyond what I could even have imagined in the future book. And yeah, it's a long-term thing though. It's not a one a year thing. Not a one a year. Yeah. I have this feeling like if you can't name it, you can't own it, but it's likely not to happen for you, right? Like you have to be able to, to see it. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to see it in some form or fashion. I, I remember I was in Wichita, Kansas directing a show and I was sitting with some cast members and this was, I I was in my twenties at this point, long time ago. And we were talking about sort of our goals for our careers. And I said, well, I'm going to win a Tony award. 
And I just said it with absolute certainty. Mm. And people were like, whoa. Like, they couldn't believe I had the audacity or the balls, ultimately, to, like, say something like that out loud. Because that's not something that people say out loud, right? Like, I'm going to win this. But there was something in me that knew that it was going to happen. Now, the interesting thing about that is I was in the director position, and I thought that it was going to happen as a director, and it ended up happening for producing, right? So it was, again, it was a yes and. It doesn't have to look the way that I thought it was going to look. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that one thing I would really love to sort of pick out of that, because I think it's a very useful thing for people to really follow up on, is that when you are attached to it coming a specific way, you are repelling other opportunities and you're not in gratitude for what you have in front of you either. You know, because you're essentially if you if you picture that you had assumed it was going to come in the director role, Eventually, over time, there'd be a part of you that'd be like, you know, I'm a really good director. Why am I not getting any awards? And, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, it starts to lead to these kind of thinking. It's my turn. I should be getting this. There's no gratitude. There's no presence. You're not actually present with the genius of other people because then you're not appreciating them because you're thinking, well, they got my thing. And when you release all of that other stuff and you just believe that it's coming for you and it's coming in its own way, it's coming in its own time, then other people achieving it is just a sign that it's possible and you're completely open to receive it. And this is something that, again, I really experienced. And this is not a good story for me. This is a story that is not pleasant for me to share, but I was considered complete and total shoo-in for full funding for my PhD. You know, I had on on paper, my CV was exemplary. I was very well liked and I was already contributing in my field. I'd won an award for my undergraduate dissertation stuff like that and when I didn't get a scholarship loads of people told me that I had been robbed and it must be because they were making up the numbers somewhere else and you know stuff like this like and the university has an agenda about bringing certain kinds of people in or whatever right and I just I, I believed that story and for a little time I retold that story of like you know well I should have had a scholarship but you know how it goes the university just awarded someone else and one day I met one of those girls. She was lovely. She was very shy. She was very hardworking. She was a really nice girl. And she was kind of like, I'm one of those people that got the, actually got one of those scholarships. And it just made me think, I have not been a good person. I have not been present with the fact that somebody else got it on their merit. I have not been honouring other people's genius. I've not been honouring their contribution. And I've also not been developing mine because I've been in this terrible mindset of, like entitlement. Now, all of this happened over a small number of weeks. It's not like it was like years and years, but it completely changed how I showed up because then I thought, well, if I want to get one next time, then I have got to level myself up. I've got to do, you know, this is all about me and how I show up and who I show up as and the contributions that I make. And I, you know, I became even more collaborative and even more outgoing and I shared things even more and I did even more and sure enough I got the funding the next time around but if I had been like well it's it's my turn next time (laughs) we did not have one right now and that's why most people don't actually get the opportunities that they desire in all honesty my PhD supervisor uh, so I know who was the head of my department told me something very wise which was the majority of people that reapply don't do any better the next time if anything they do worse because they're coming into it with a worse mindset they're coming in already having failed before and I see the same thing in business working with entrepreneurs is that 
you know, a lot of the people that I work with, they've actually been in their business already for five or 10 or maybe more years. And they haven't gotten better year on year. That's why they're coming to me because they realize that what they've been doing is not moving them. It's not moving them forward and they're not happy where they are. And it's that repetition of this old cycle and allowing that mindset of putting your focus on exactly how it's got to come. And then you're messing all this other stuff. And it's, it really comes down to gratitude. If you're grateful for everything that comes to you and you're open to receive all good things, of course you will receive more good things. <laughs> That's really something that I learned on my year of gratitude. I did, uh, I don't even know if you know this, I had 365 days of gratitude in these gratitude videos. And that was one of the things that I most learned mm. was that not only is it the little things in life, that you can be so very grateful for, everything from your breath to the food that you eat. But it was also about the co-creation and the partnership mm -hmm. and the collaboration that you can have with other people as well as the universe itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm very big on collaborative agency, as you know. Like, you know, I'm hu hugely collaboration-focused. And a big part of my research is on collaborative agency, um, which is, you know, how we collaborate with the universe, essentially. You know, how we collaborate with all things, with place, with creatures, with our physical environment, with, and of course, with others. At all manifestation is collaborative. It's just that we don't use that wisely. Because <laughs> um, like I say, we're so often so focused on what, we want and what would be good for us and we're not thinking about the other collaborators in the journey and then of course you you pay for that in other ways isn't that isn't that in a way the alignment piece like yeah how do you know if you are or not in alignment oh so if we can use an example for this one actually um so let's imagine that you really want a new car but you also really want to save money. And so in the end, you decide you're going to go for the cheap one because then you get to still have money in your pocket. You can have a nice holiday. But then you get the car and the car is breaking all the time and all the rest of it. And you're like, damn it, stupid car. And you're really deep down. If you actually stopped and thought about your values, would you have paid that? Would you have gone to that person in China or wherever they were that was manufactured in that, part, that piece to their home, saw how they were living and paid them the amount of money that they were paid. If the honest answer is yes, then crack on, you're probably in alignment. If the honest answer is no, then you need to think about how you are treating other people because you've bought into all of it, not just the cheap car that you're really happy that you got a bargain for, but then it doesn't turn out to be the gift that you thought it would be, you bought into all of it, right? And so for me, alignment is living in alignment with your values. And if, you're, if your value is that you couldn't, if you couldn't say it to someone's face, you're not in alignment. If you wouldn't feel good about it, if you're present with them and, you know, you'd feel uncomfortable, you're not in alignment. You know, like you've got work to do. Yeah, that's so good because I think that, you know, it's, it's an integrity thing. Uh, my mother always really, I think growing up, my mother really, one of the great gifts that my parents gave me was this idea of if you can't come home and tell us, you probably shouldn't be doing it, yeah. right? If you can't look at yourself in the mirror, then you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? 
It's that, yeah. Yeah. it's that integrity alignment piece that I think that is really missing for a lot of people when they're trying to uh, manifest. Absolutely. The interesting thing is that integrity means whole. Mm-hmm. And that is what it's about. Um, in fact, my upcoming launch is all about that, but it is about wholeness. And to love is whole. And if it is not whole, it's not really love, it's something else. And that's somewhere that we can put some inquiry. Because manifestation is actually, it is as deep and as old as the universe. And to think that it's just writing down your affirmations 55 times a day or something, you're doing yourself a disservice. There is so much more available, so much more wealth in every sense, in, you know, on a very, very deep um, and empowering spiritual level, there's so much more to manifest in. Um, and it, it, you're right, it comes from integrity and wholeness. This has been an, a very enlightening conversation for me because people say to me all the time, you're such a great manifester. You manifest things. How do you do it? And I'm always like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to break down what I do. And you've actually broken down what I do a little bit today. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. But that is something actually that, you know, everybody, when they are whole, will be a great manifester. And it really is that simple. And it's a beautiful sign of how whole you are. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. And now I'm like, whew, four shades of red. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're not, you're not going to be on video. At only I can see. <laughs> Dang, I just told everyone. <laughs> One of the things that I would say, because that can sound overwhelming to people and it can feel really far away, is that it absolutely does not have to be. I mean, you and I both have come back from really significant injury to our spirit, essentially. You know, like, um, wholeness is always available to us. And it's also, it doesn't have to be far away. You know, I do sessions with people that are either to a two-hour session or or sometimes it's two hours and then two hours, maybe a day or two later, and we do four. And the amount that propels people in their life and their business is incredible because wholeness is not is never far away. In fact, it's always there. <laughs> we just forget how to see it. I so agree. I, you know, I with my clients as well, it's this, you aren't broken. Mm. You aren't broken. Yep. You are actually fully one. You're fully whole. And you're in amazing company, you know, what I call one company. And you can see so quickly, it's like these little shifts that you see in people. It's so like, yeah. it's, it just takes the littlest thing for a huge, dramatic, massive shift to happen within them. And I think as a teacher, as a coach, those are the moments that bring so much joy to us, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's huge. And to see them again a few weeks later or, you know, in their business or whatever and see how how much that expansion has taken place and what felt like a million miles of it was there the whole time. But yeah, in terms of to sort of bring it back to the manifesting and the money piece and things, even, I mean, you know, I've got clients with seven, eight-figure businesses, multiple, multiple eight-figure businesses with one of my clients and the money does not bring wholeness. Mm-mm. The money doesn't bring happiness. It can't bring joy. It doesn't even bring, bring freedom in actual fact. 
it can't do any of those things. All it can do is amplify what is already there. So very true. So, so very true. I have seen it with my clients, with people that I've worked with in the entertainment business. It's not about the money. It's really not. I saw that in your in your photo, actually, the first photo that you showed me of when you were getting your award. Mm. And you, you didn't look like you were overflowing with joy. And, At that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there too. I mean, not so much when I finished my PhD. When I finished my PhD, I knew I was going on my true journey. But when I finished my master's, I was kind of like, okay, well, that's that achievement done. And now I've just got to climb the next mountain because that's already behind me and it's not enough anymore. Like that's done now. And I need to, the next achievement to fill me up. And when achievement or money, you know, when you're, when you're striving for something to fill you up, you're actually manifesting more striving to get filled up. You're not manifesting the answer. It will not fill your it won't fill your spirit. So good. That is so good. It will not fill your spirit. Well, because if, if you strive and strive to get to the achievement, as soon as you get the achievement, you just back onto striving again. Like it, it doesn't arrive and then you're kind of like, oh good, it's here. Which is I mean that that's how I have clients with such big businesses, because they've they've been in their hero's journey striving and striving and striving. And every time they came to a milestone they just kept striving past it because because mm. if you if you can't be present with those feelings, you can't be present with that abundance. You don't even see it when it gets here. And I, like I said, I I was at university for 13 years in a row, and kept still believing that the next thing, like the next level, will I'll feel I'll feel smart enough at the next level, or I'll be worthy enough at the next level, or I'll feel like. I don't need to have imposter syndrome anymore at the next level or whatever. And all I, all I manifested was more of those worries, more of those fears. They just got bigger with me as I got bigger. Yeah, I so relate to that because for so many years, part of the reason that I was able to achieve so much is that I was in this constant state of feeling the need to fill myself up. And when I finally reached a certain level of achievement, I just said, enough is enough. And I turned inward and went to a different journey and one that has thankfully brought me into a, a further state of wholeness, of oneness, of one company. I, I similarly actually um, left academia knowing that I was going on my true journey. I knew I needed the PhD. And I don't mean that in the sense of I was still in striving. By that time, I had actually thrown away a huge chunk of a PhD and like, you know, pivoted and really come into alignment. And I knew I was researching my sole purpose. And I also knew that academia was not the rest of my journey. And I'm so glad that I followed that. And definitely have found so much more peace and alignment and joy. And just purpose is a huge part of it. And the interesting thing to sort of bring this full circle was that with that has actually come the wealth. Yes. That you always wanted. Well, I, you say maybe that I always wanted. I, I was never really striving for wealth in that sense. Academia does, in the UK certainly doesn't pay like crazy big money or something. I'm not talking financial wealth. The wealth in the other senses, yes, absolutely. I mean, it allowed me to retire Duncan, which means that we can have more time together as a family. But yeah, in many ways, it also allowed me to feel worthy, which I think I would have never felt in academia because it's full of one person once said to me that the fight in academia is so bloody because there is so little to fight over. 
And it's true, you know, like you have a hundred people and 5% of them will go on to the next level. And then another hundred of those people, 5% will go on and so on. And then the funding, the sources of funding to fight over are so small and the fight is so bitter. And out here in the, in the world of entrepreneurship, I can be the source of wealth, not only for myself, but for everyone around about me. You know, I have people that I pay, I help in my business helps other people make more money, like all of that stuff, like it creates more and more abundance around me and I can bring more and more alignment and be more and more in integrity. And in academia, I could see as far as I went on, every single level I would have to sacrifice more of myself. Every single level I would have to fight with people like. Preach, 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 because that's exactly how I felt in the Broadway world. And that's why I, that's part of why I, came into this space, into the entrepreneur space, and because it feels so much more uh, abundant to me. Absolutely. Uh, in all ways. Yes. And for me to have the potential to manifest joy, understanding, peace, love, heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of those beautiful things. Absolutely. There's so much space here. For many, many people. Yeah. And you do. You, and you touch a lot of people's lives. I know my whole audience are, like, call you dad and I. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I find in academia, when we're in a situation where we're in competition, so when, when we feel that we are in competition, and this is not, this is not just me personally speaking, but in a, the broader sense, we feel scarcity and we behave from scarcity. We make our decisions based on the concept of scarcity, which of course creates more scarcity around about us. Okay. Any final thoughts for us? I feel like I've shared a lot of thoughts. <laughs> you have. And they've been so good and so wise. And so, like I said, my mind is blown. So I know that others are too. I know that you've helped people today. And where can we find you? Where can everyone go find you? We'll put it in the show notes, but where can people go find you? The best place to find me is in my Facebook group, which is Aligned AF Purposeful entrepreneurs who manifest and get shit done um i am on instagram but i'm not super regular there so you can find me there at morgana underscore mccabe underscore allen um, and of course my website morgana mccabeallen.com you guys maybe wouldn't have known this but i actually have like i have the phd i'm a doctor but i don't use that anymore <laughs> that's all part of my alignment piece has been my journey to work so hard to get that just to sort of leave it behind essentially so sometimes we have to and they can find you on facebook live with me on wednesdays thank you so much for sharing your wisdom about manifestation your stories and your beautiful heart no oh, thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure to hang out with you and um, i really would love to hear from anybody that had questions or thoughts or if they had an aha moment and they wanted to share it with me, I would really love to hear that. Yeah, and I will have you back on because, you know, you and I could just talk forever. <laughs> so we'll come back with another topic <laughs> later on. I'd love to do that. <laughs> if, you'll, if you'll come back. Of course. But that's why we already have a weekly show. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always catch up more of us. If you like the two of us together, we're here every week. We're <laughs> 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 on Facebook. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review so other solopreneurs like yourself can find us.